ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to another episode. I am your host, Stephen G. Gaxiola, and you are listening to The Raider and the Saint. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. This is episode 81. Today's date is Sunday, May 30th. It is Memorial Day weekend. I'm excited for this guest today. Um, I don't know why I'm making these noise. Oh, that's why I'm not on airplane mode. Apologize for that, folks. Uh, doing a 10-man job over here, but it's okay, man. We're, we're grinding through it. Uh, it's Memorial Day weekend. I'm excited. For my guest that's here today, but before I get to him, I want to thank my past guest, Mr. Johnny Williams. Thank you once again, sir, for gracing me with your presence. It was an honor to have you here. Uh, if you guys don't know about Johnny Williams, check out episode 80. He started a foundation called New Neighbors Foundation where he takes uh, – he's it's a charity, nonprofit charity, where he collects clothes, water, food, uh, even money donations to buy those type of things, and he goes down – every year to skid row and he helps the homeless down there uh yes last year was his first year um if you're interested in, in being involved or donating you could go to newneighborsfoundation.org and you could email them or, or send them a message uh if you go on to my instagram steve uh, the raider and the saint podcast you could click on uh, episode 80 one of the pictures you'll, you'll see the new neighbors foundation and it'll direct you to uh, his nonprofit charity where you could help out. I think they're doing the charity June 19th. I think that's Father's Day weekend, if I'm correct. So, yeah, once again, thank you, Johnny, for showing up, man. I appreciate you. And I just remembered I forgot to send you the YouTube video. I will do that after this podcast. I apologize for that. want to thank all my listeners from around the world that tune in every week to listen to my podcast. The podcast is growing. It's continuing to grow. I just came out with business cards with my Q&R code where you could zap it with your phone and it will take you to my different platforms so you could listen to me. Uh, so that that's what's going on right now with the podcast. So the podcast is growing. Once again, thank you for all the supporters, especially the ones around the world. Uh, even though I've never traveled the world, maybe one of these days I can. It all depends and, uh, on these passports if you need to be have that COVID shot or not because I haven't got one yet. That's a different story. Maybe we'll get into that when uh, I get this guest on. But once again, thank you guys. Thank you to your supporters. Thank you so much, man. It's an honor, man. I, I come in every week and, and, and do this podcast for, for you guys to help you guys and, and just, just a little bit of entertainment. Uh, I'm not looking to get rich on this. I'm, uh, this is something, this is my new drug. Obviously, if you guys listen to my podcast, you know I was addicted to drugs. Uh, for many years, it was a path that, a dark path that I chose to take. Um, but I matured and, and I got better. 
And uh, I'm excited that uh, I'm here today to sit here and, and tell you guys it's a testimony that whatever you're going through in life, if you, if you whatever addiction you got, it could be caffeine, uh, it could be sugar, uh, fast food, whatever, man, you, you can beat it. Uh, you just got to grind through it and uh, find the proper ways to do it and ease the pain. Uh, once again, thank you, my supporters around the world. Uh, my guest today is a really good friend of mine. He has been there through for me through my tough times and my good times. He's a good friend of mine. I've known him for many years. Mr. Sammy Barola, welcome to the show. Hi, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. If you guys want to <laughs> listen to more about Sammy, you want to hear about how he grew up, where he came from, you could tune in to episode 30. That is episode 30. Tune in. You can hear more about him. But uh, we're going to continue on these conversations that, that we usually like talking about. Uh, Sammy, once again, welcome to the show. It's been a year. You came on last year for Memorial Day weekend. We talked about your family, uh, you know, the military background and everything. So thank you for that, man. How's everything going, though? Uh, I'm doing good. I've uh, just been working and uh, trying to have a little fun here and there. Doing well, things. I mean, you just sent me pictures of all your hobbies. I totally forgot all the hobbies you do, man. <laughs> Talk a little bit about your hobbies. Uh, I do a little bit of archery. Um, I sh shoot guns. I like I like target shooting. So uh, my introduction to you, I forgot to uh, say, uh, yeah, my friend of mine, he's a quad racer. He's a sniper. He's an archer and he's a hunter. I don't know what else. I, I think he does everything. But what's what got you into all these hobbies? I mean, um, I grew up, uh, you know, without a dad because, uh, you know, my dad was killed when I was a little kid. So. Uh, I got into scouting and tried a bunch of different things, and then my mom moved us to Utah, where I really got exposed to a lot of uh, outdoor act activities, um, such as, you know, archery and stuff like that, uh, hunting. I had a couple uncles that took me hunting and stuff like that, so I did that at an early age. You can mm -hmm. only, uh, you can only good. What's the biggest license. thing you've ever you've ever hunted down? A deer. How much did it weigh? Uh, probably about 300 pounds. 300 pounds? Yeah. When's the last time you got hunting? Uh, probably when I, well, it depends on what you're talking about. Uh, you can hunt anything. <laughs> I, mean, I know nothing about hunting. I want to get into hunting. I mean, I do own firearms, well, uh, the, you know, for, you know, shooting at the range and stuff like that. The way I feel about it is unless you're going to eat the animal. Well, I would eat it for sure. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, you're taking something out of nature. You, you might as well, you know, use it for food if you're going to do that, or at least give it to somebody who you know who enjoys that kind of food. Do you think it's, do you think it's cheating that, because that's how our ancestors used to find their food was hunting and gathering? Mm hmm. Do you think it's it, it's took it away from us when it's so easy now just to go to the store and get it? Um, a little bit. I mean, heaven forbid anything happens to our country, yeah, and that becomes a problem for everyone. The skill set you need to hunt and to do the kinds of things that you need to do. I mean, it's it's not just hunting. I mean, you got to clean the animal. You got to know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't, you know, different organs can contaminate the food. Killing it in a bad way can, can make the change, the taste of the food. And, you know, you, you don't want to make the animal suffer anyway. So you mm -hmm. got to 
do it cleanly and nice. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to be accurate. So when you shoot, so when you're aiming to kill the deer, where are you aiming at? Aiming at the heart? You aim at the front. The front. Front right shoulder right here. When you hit the front right shoulder, it goes through and does what it needs to do to get Mm -hmm. to the vitals, and it does bring the animal down Mm -hmm. quick. Could you kill the animal another way? Like hit, shoot it in the middle of the stomach area? It depends or the... on how it's facing you. Mm-hmm. You know, like in the human body, it, depending on how I'm facing you mm-hmm. is where you're going to aim. Mm-hmm. Because if you're trying to hit the heart, you know, that, that is, even if you play a hunting game, mm-hmm. it's the front shoulder. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Because if you you know, hit the neck, you probably don't hit anything vital. The animal can run. Mm-hmm. The whole time it's running, adrenaline's running through the meat. I wonder if there's any private schools that offer courses where they teach you how to hunt. Oh, you can take hunters. Classes. Yeah. But you, I think it's a necessity, though, maybe. Well, sure. You know, where they it needs to be put into public schools. Well, no, it's, it's what it is is if you so choose to do something like that, especially in rural areas. Yeah. Um. They offer that, yeah. You know, hunter safety course. Mm-hmm. You have to take it to be able to get a hunting license, mm-hmm. and you can only get a hunting license when you're 16 mm-hmm. to hunt. You know, large game. And even in scouting, they when you know when I was a kid, mm-hmm. uh, they had a a training that you could take that would teach you the target shooting, so that you could get into your hunter safety course, and you got a merit badge for it. Yeah, because I was at Royal Rangers growing up. It was a, it was like the Boy Scouts for Christians, and we learned a lot about you know how to tie ropes and stuff like that, and how to start fires. Uh, I never got into the hunting part. I don't know if they offer that. Uh, I went all the way till I was in it for about eight nine years. Um, but hunting is something I definitely want to get into. Mm-hmm. It's something that I'm I'm looking to do you know and learn. It's just trying to find the time. You know, people say, well, there's always time. Like, uh, you're, there's always time. You just got to make room for it. But it's like, do you know how hard it is? The I, smell, they, they, if, you're, if you're crawling in the grass, the deer, they look up and they look around and they smell you. You got to know which way the wind's blowing. And It's, it's definitely an art. You have so, to, you're trying to get something that's naturally smart mm-hmm. in its environment. Mm-hmm. And you're new to that environment. I mean, most people that go hunting for uh deer and stuff like that they pay big money to go to other states you know like california mm-hmm. you know is there hunting here in california i mean obviously there is but i'm is sure there good? is but it's not as good it's as probably to... more northern california than mm-hmm. than southern i mean we don't really see a lot of deer down here we're pretty you know mm-hmm. populated areas mm-hmm. you go up in the mountains you're gonna find them yeah mm-hmm. When was the last time you saw a deer running through town? Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Coyotes, but no deer. Oh, gosh, coyotes. They're crazy in our neighborhood, aren't they? Dude, I've had them in my backyard. There's no more cats in my neighborhood. There's a bunch of stray cats. They're gone now. And they've been trying to get my dog, too. Really? Yeah. Kona? Yeah, remember my little co- my little dog? Yeah, I remember. Yeah. So she hangs out all, all day long, and they don't bother her. Come nighttime, mm-hmm. I got to bring her in the house because... There's a couple times I let her out, mm. and coyote, she starts making this weird cry, mm-hmm. and I open the door, and there's a coyote sitting in the backyard, just looking at me. 
I'm in like, the backyard? Yeah. In How the did it get back- in your backyard? They jumped the wall. That bro. wall's huge. That six foot wall. They just jump over it, bro. I'm telling you. Yeah, because we used to, we, when we punish our dogs, like if they won't listen in or they, they get off the leash and they run out in the street, we got to chase them down. Uh, they, we'll put them in the backyard. We usually bring them in now. We'll bring them in the house. Uh, but during the, at nighttime, if they didn't behave, we have a little pen out there for them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's probably like five feet. Mm-hmm. And I'm surprised Cody never jumped over because they're pretty small dogs. Oh, they run right through the neighborhood. Yeah. I I got pictures of Coyote right, right here. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. How, so how long have you been hunting for? Your whole life? Uh, I've, I've, well, I first went deer hunting when I was uh, 16 when I got my hunter's license. Mm-hmm. But I hunted small game long before that. I probably was about five the first time i ever hunted mm-hmm. an animal wow. yeah and it was rabbits and uh because my my uncle lee mm-hmm. uh lived in oregon uh near it was a little town called malin mm-hmm. up near klamath lake so you know they had duck hunting and all that stuff there because that's like one of the largest I, I've probably never seen so many ducks in my whole life except for on Upper Klamath Lake. Wow. I got a picture in my house that it's it's kind of like a, a dusk picture with, like, the red hue in the background. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dude, there's so many ducks sitting on this lake that it, it almost looks lumpy. And what do you guys use to hunt duck? Shotgun. Shotgun, right? Yeah. Yep. And then, uh, you know, your small game, you're using a 22. 22, so ducks, you're using. You're not trying to destroy the not, animals, you're just trying to. But you're using buckshot. Yeah. Obviously, not. not uh, no, birdshot. No, birdshot. Yeah, 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 yeah birdshot. Bird yeah. The little small pallets in there. Yeah. The little small BBs. Yeah. So you done duck, rabbit, pheasant, pheasant, quail. Quail. Yeah. I want to go turkey hunting now. I know I heard co- uh, coworkers have done it before. They said I could take my pistol grip out there and just, you know, you could use birch. I think you use oh. birdshot or? I, I want to use my bow. That's what I was going to get to. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, what guns are you using? And then when you get up to it, bow hunting. Yeah. I think that's the, mo- the most. It's like being badass. Anybody could go aim and shoot a gun. And that's hard. Don't get me wrong. That's hard, too. Uh, but using a bow and arrow. To sit there with the bow and arrow. And, and shoot, I mean, a target like uh, turkey has got to be hard. Well, you got you got to you got to stalk the animal. Mm-hmm. Number one, get close enough to it that you can actually take a clean shot, mm-hmm. and you've got to know where to aim at it. And mm-hmm. I, I have a I have an archery, you know, range in my backyard mm-hmm. that I've set up. How often are you practicing? Um, for a while I was practicing, but. You know, I, over a year ago, I had a shoulder surgery on my left arm. Oh, man. Yeah, I tore my rotator cl- cuff, my uh, my labrum, and my bicep at work. So I was out for probably six months doing physical therapy after I had my surgery. When was the last time you gone hunting? Was it before that then? I'm, I haven't been hunting with my bow and probably... 25 years, 30 years. Wow. Yeah. 
Is it something you lose though if you haven't done it in a while, or something you get like, "Fuck"? You got the mechanics, mechanics, of it, yeah. And once you understand how it works, um, yeah, you, you it, it's like riding a bike. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm when I started, I was using a recurve, which is the old style bow. You mm-hmm. know, it's just a bent piece of piece of wood, wood or uh, fiberglass, fiberglass, you know, or a composite. How long would it take for someone like me to say, hey, dude, I, I want to do something like that with you. Let's plan a trip. We'll go hunt turkeys or whatever you can. But I want to use a bow. I don't want to use a gun. How long would it take? Yeah, would it take for me to be ready? Like, you know, Different. if I went to the archery up the street, the high, or I just went to your house every day after work, and you just you taught me the mechanics. You know, I, obviously, I can't, I can't pull 70, 68 pounds like you, you know. But if I started, you know. Well, see, my bow that I have is adjustable. Oh, it's adjustable. Okay. Yeah, so it'll drop all the way down to I think forty pounds. So if you can't pull that, then there's no reason for you to go hunting. <laughs> I'm very <laughs> sure I can do forty pounds. So yeah, it's it's a draw weight. So when you first pull on the bowstring, you need to pull hard enough to overcome that forty pounds. Yeah. So once it gets to that certain point of pull, it locks. It mm-hmm. locks in basically. And well, then is there a trigger you release? Yeah. It, so what you have is a strap around your wrist. Mm-hmm. Or they have another piece that goes in your hand. And it basically has a trigger on it with a clamshell uh, opening that you grab the string with. So when you pull the trigger, you put it on the string loop that's on the backside of the, of the main string mm-hmm. with your arrow in the... Uh, on the string mm-hmm. and when you pull back you've got to pull really pull the mic hard. a little bit closer to you sorry you man gotta, you're saying some good stuff okay here. yeah there you go so yeah you pull back real hard and kind of drive your elbow directly behind you mm-hmm. and it basically sets you in the right mechanics to to pull a bow mm-hmm. and then you have a sight that's mounted on your string and it's just a round loop that's actually they take the string and open it up because mm-hmm. it's spun. They open up the strands when it's loose and they put this little eye loop in there. So that's your sight with your eye. That's basically your rear sight on a gun. Mm-hmm. Same thing. And then there's a, a front sight on the bow and then you have your target just like a gun. So if I'm, if I'm aiming, uh-huh. you know, obviously my right hand is going to be here. I'm using my left or I could do either or, huh? Are you right-handed? Or I'm right-handed. Hand? So your right hand is the one your power arm. So that's the one I'm pulling back. That's the one you're pulling the string with. Oh, I feel more. I mean, what eye would you use then? So if I'm if I'm right-handed, you use both eyes. Both eyes. Yes. You got to understand something about hunting or using a gun. If you close an eye trying to aim, half your vision range is gone. So even with the regular gun, you got to use both eyes. Well, wouldn't you like to know if there's another animal coming running right? Because you always see in the movies, one dude's got his eye closed and the other one's open. And well, you can shoot that way, but what are you doing when you close your eye? You lose half your vision range. So if I'm looking through a scope with my right eye, the left eye is going to be open, too. Yeah, you want to see where your target's at. It's very easy to look at your at your long distance vision. 
you know, make your eyes lock in at a long range. Mm -hmm. Like right now, you're staring through that wall. Mm -hmm. Okay, if you look like that and then pull your gun up in sights, I can see my front and my rear with both my eyes open. It's not a problem. What you do is you uh, focus so like your eyeball into looking at what you're looking at. So it's like having, uh, like I used to wear glasses. I used to be nearsighted. Mm -hmm. So instead of having both lenses to correct the eyes, I would it'd be like one, you know. Well, in in well, it is yeah. a zooming it in. Yeah, one if, eye if zooming using, in, the other one's not. If you're using a scope, now if you're using iron sights, what they call iron, iron sights, sights, yeah. Okay, you've got a front sight. Okay, so if I'm looking at the target and I got my front sight and I got my rear sight and I focus on both of those through what it is and I pull the trigger, I'm hitting my target if the gun sighted in. If the gun sighted in, I'm, I'm hitting my target. Mm. Yeah, the last time I went shooting was in Arizona. Uh, shout out to my boy Jay Nix. Uh, I went down there. He was on my first podcast. Mm -hmm. And he's in the guns. Uh, we, we built our guns. You know, we, we, he used to be my neighbor. So we went and went shooting. And I haven't gone. It, it was a while before that, too. But I did pretty good. The lady next to me, there was a lady next to me with her husband. And I was shooting uh, my AR, my AK. Uh, and just, you know, having a good time and just, you know, just putting my mind in different scenarios and, and, you know, just having fun. And she tatted me and she was like, you shoot good. And I was like, thanks. You know, like I thought I did too. I was like, I was doing pretty good. But with the AK, I mean, it's, it goes so damn fast. And the guy next to me, there's a guy next to me. He was doing the ones where he's sitting down, he's dialing everything in and he's taking 10 minutes to shoot one shot, if that, maybe longer. He was getting mad because the, the, the shells, we had the 100-round 100, 100 drums. They were, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. And the shells are going on his side. And he got mad. He was like, can you switch on the other side? And then he kept bitching because uh, where I were didn't, you at? I was in Arizona. Uh, and oh, okay. uh, where was I? Prescott. Oh, not Prescott. I was in, uh, what's the... Uh, Phoenix. I was in Phoenix. Oh, okay. And so I went down there. And we went bought ammo. And uh, is this an outdoor range? It was or? an outdoor range. Oh. Okay. And so he, I, it was me and two of my other friends, and he kept telling me, like, I didn't know the rules. I, I forgot. I didn't know we had a sweep. We've been indoor. Indoor, you just do, 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 do. they don't sweep. They or do do we sweep? Mm -hmm. I don't remember sweeping. Yeah. Indoor range, they have a guy that walks around behind or you can grab the broom you could grab the broom and, yeah and push the shelves well, out you know what i mean i didn't know no the other two the one who lives there i would think he would take the initiative and the dude's like hey man you gotta clean the shelves i was like dude i was like sorry here yeah no problem and then he got mad because our shelves were, were flying towards him and so he wanted us to move not, not move over the same stall but yeah. just move over more and then he got mad because since i was on that no 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 this is what happened so we were on the far left side, but our shells kept flying over. Yeah. So then he wanted us to get over and uh, because the net, I could, there was a net, but the net was only so high. So yeah. our shells are going over the net. And so when I started, when I, when we moved over, yeah, no problem. My, I was shooting the AK at the time. It was weird. You know, we had like 25, 50, 100, but we're mm -hmm. in our, the way the bullet was going, it was hitting his target. His, his target was all the way out there. Oh. And my bullet kept hitting his, and he, he's like, "Hey, man, you you, you know, watch where you're, you're shooting." My, t I'm like, and I, I was like, "Dude, you're ruining my experience, dude. <laughs> you're ruining my experience." And I didn't want to say anything because you know I've I've heard people getting shot at the 
at the range. Isn't that what's his name got shot? That guy from American Sniper. Oh yeah, Chris Kyle. Kyle Chris Kyle, and I was like, I don't want to start anything with this guy. He's he's got everything set up, a bean bag, his gun on it, and he's dialing shit in. And then I, and we left, and I was telling my boy, I go, dude, that dude can't fucking those, talk those to me. Those aren't the people you need to worry about. And he, yeah. <laughs> those aren't the people you need to worry about. The guy who's doing precision shooting, he's doing it for fun. Yeah. You know, it's it's a challenge to yourself. Can I can I put that same bullet another round right through the same hole? That's that's it. But even my buddy told me who who lived there, he goes, Oh fuck that guy. He should be at a, a private club. They have there was a club literally on the other side of the field, a private club. Yeah. If you want that peace and quiet. Like he was there and gun and just kept bitching. I'm like, dude, I, that, I, I don't think this is the place for you. I think there's other places you can I go. I used to have the same issue when I used to play around with RC boats. The old guys that were there, mm. you know, the crotchety old men, they mm. didn't want you to have your race boat out there. They were out there with their little boats, you know? And uh, when you bring one that's buzzing by at 45 miles an hour, it kind of makes them a little pissed. So, And, and they're in regular boats. Uh, no, these are RC boats. Oh, but their boats are cruising. Yeah, they're they're you know, <laughs> basically putting around, and then you've got boats that do over a hundred miles an hour. Are these boats that they have? Are they expensive? Oh yeah, really? Yeah, RC boating. Yeah. I was in RCs. I had an RC. It was just like, man, the maintenance on those things. So I like gas. Yeah, gas. That's what uh, I ran. Yeah, I like gas. I like the sound of the engine. Now electric, they're just you know like Tesla, dude. They, they got that new Roadster coming out, it's supposed to go zero to a hundred in like under a second or like one second. Oh, they're great until something bad, bad happens. happens. Yeah. Have you ever seen one burn up? No, I haven't. Yeah, they they used to. I used to go over to Lake Lake mm -hmm. and go play with my RC over there. Mm -hmm. You know when when I was out of work or, you know, cause mm -hmm. I had a few injuries through life, mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm, yeah. I had a couple knee surgeries. Mm -hmm. So when I was recouping, I had to have something to do. Mm -hmm. So I used to go to Lake Lake and I, you know, became a part of the North American model boat association. Holy shit. Oh yeah. Namba. There's an association for RC yeah. boating. Namba. I've seen a few YouTube videos on that. Yeah. So I used to go over there and I have an unlimited hydroplane boat and I have a, a V drive boat. And so you're like the most interesting man in the world, dude. <laughs> you should have a full grown beard. I didn't know this. So RC. So do you, did you do races? I mean, what, what kind of competitions just, are there? Just play. I just did it to play. I, I used to take it to the ocean over there to, uh, my mother's beach at the mm -hmm. stadium mm -hmm. in Long Beach there and play with it there too, you know, jump some waves. What got you into cool RC shit. boating? Uh, I was always into, you, know, you remember yeah. when you were young, I had yeah. air cars and RC cars and RC. Did you ever do races for RC cars? Uh, just, just with friends and just mess around. Yeah. And now they got drones now. You got a drone? No. No, you haven't gotten I've, into I've, that one? I've played with them. Uh, I've had a couple little ones. The only thing that sucks about serious. it, if you got a really good one, a one where goes all the way i mean it goes thousands of feet and you got a camera you know and you can hit a button if it gets too damn high you can't you don't know where it's at obviously you got a camera on your little yeah. controller uh there's a button it'll just come straight back home yeah. the problem is we live close to the airport yeah uh, they don't allow it that. yeah because when you download the app and you do all these things to get it going you have to put your address your your, your you know your area code and 
your location and they won't give you the go. Well, yeah, because now those things have GPSs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the other ones don't. You know, the other ones are all fly by wire. The old old ones? Yeah, you're you're communicating through a frequency. Frequency, yeah. Those there, you're you're have a lot more control and yeah, you, you do mess around with a lot more things. But they're those have GPSs on them. So I, I don't really mess with the, with the drones or anything like that. I didn't really get into airplanes too much. Yeah, airplanes. I've seen ones big old fucking I had C seventeen. I've seen fighter jets, and I watched the. Do you remember? Movie, do remember my friend Crazy Steve? Uh, I'd have Steve to see his Schneider. face. Okay, he's the one that lived in Whittier, so mm-hmm. that's why I used to go to Whittier Narrows, places like that, to uh, go play with my boat and stuff like that because we used to do it together. Mm-hmm. And uh, that guy had airplanes, man. He had airplanes. He had, he built a couple. I helped him build, and uh, where you stretch the material across it, and then you know, heat it with a heat gun, and it kind of shrinks up and pulls tight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole thing. I mean, we made a balsa wood all the way through. Uh, big motors, even four-cylinder motors. Four-cylinder motors. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. What was that, like a lawnmower engine? They're, Bigger. It's, no, they're, they're small engines, but they've, they've got, like, uh, radial engines. What's a radial engine? A radial? It's like the old school uh, airplanes have the big cans on the motor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, all those are radial engines because it the pistons are sent on a radius. So that what look what looks like a huge long motor is is only like that deep, you know? Because the, you just have the cylinders and then it's a mount. Mm-hmm. But the cylinders are actually pointing like mm. like that. So when they point out in all those directions the the one crank just takes over and it just cycles one two three four you know what i mean yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like like a a, a rotary engine mm-hmm. same kind of thing only there's so you got a rotary and a radio radio, radio engine. yeah i do not know anything about the stuff but it's interesting <laughs> well you have uh, so rotaries and then like the mazdas and stuff like that that's a rotary engine how many type of engines are there out there? Oh God, I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't tell you that. <laughs> okay, so the the model he's using, the engine he's using on that, are this same type of engines that we use on, well, on a single two person plane that that would be parked at the Fullerton Airport. Well, everything is is all scaled down. Scaled down. Okay. Yeah. So you've got like one tenth scale, one twelfth scale, you know, mm-hmm. quarter scale, mm-hmm. and. It just breaks down into what size the actual model is, um, and we we made some pretty big planes. I mean, wingspans that were pretty good. It touched both sides of the walls here. Holy shit! And that was radio with the remote control. He's using radio frequencies. Uh, radio frequencies, yeah. So we would go to Mile Square Park and and play with them there because they used to have an airport mm-hmm. in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Before that's they right. remodeled it and did all the things to it and mm-hmm. took took part of it. And made the golf course. So they had a modeling airplane place over there. So me and him used to go over there, me and Steve, and uh, he would fly his planes. Did he ever crash it? Oh, uh, he crashed a couple, yeah. Holy yeah, shit. How, bi- how big is that crash? Uh, it's it would it's pretty kill horrific. Someone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It would definitely kill somebody if it hit him. Yeah. 
that's kind of why you have to have like a model model insurance <laughs> model boaters insurance that's what oh. came with your namba uh how much would membership? it cost to build one like that it depends on what you're trying to build something like that that just crashed um hey you just crashed total um just depends on how much you whether it's gas or an electric or what scale size it is mm-hmm. um some of the smaller ones, you know, a couple hundred bucks. A couple hundred bucks. But the big ones, you could, you're talking Thousands. about 10,000. No, it's a couple, a couple thousand mm-hmm. by the time you get done with everything because you're putting a motor and i seen models as big as this room, and, dude. C-17. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds just like a plane. Oh, yeah. There's jet engine ones. There's Yeah, the jet engine ones are crazy. Yeah. Kind of scary, too. Yeah. Well, it's like once you get to that li- – I mean, you got to start from the beginning – my son wants me to get him a, a, a good drone. I said, first of all, you can't fly because of the airport. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I gave him, I had him a small drone. I go, here, I go, master this first, and then we'll upgrade. Yeah. You know, you, well, you, you got to have to somewhere. take him somewhere like the beach to go play with it. Yeah. Take him to the desert. Ain't nobody to say anything out there. Mm-hmm. We went to Joshua Tree and uh, well, that'd March. Be, that'd be perfect because he could explore all the way around. Or take him up to uh, uh, Calico up there mm-hmm. or go cruise some sand dunes with that thing yeah speaking of <laughs> sand dunes man you're also a atv rider uh one thing that that excited me uh was that you're in a racing too like you did a racing I, i've seen your pictures you've invited me to uh, venues it's been a while but how was that how's that rush uh it's fun it's actually fun i always wanted to do some kind of racing you know i've you, you know my story. I've, I've been riding since I was seven years old, mm-hmm. you know, riding dirt bikes. And when I got to be an adult and after I had the girls and they grew up, I decided, you know what, I, it's time for me to get a toy mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. So I bought a Can-Am DS450. Um, and I have been everywhere on that thing. Mm-hmm. I've been to Northern California Oregon, Nevada, Arizona, all over Utah, mm. um, all over California. I've gone from Glamis to Pismo. Have you been, have you raced? When's the last time you raced? Uh, 2015, 16 year. So it's been about four years since you, you got on it. Do you yeah. plan on getting back on it? Uh, not to race, but to play. That's it, huh? Yeah. I remember you would tell me all the battles. I'd come over at the work, have a few talk ends. You're like, ah, dude. And you're like unloading and you still got your gear on. <coughs> you're like, yeah, man, it was, a, it was some top dog. It was a top dog. And you're like, and he said, I threw mud in his face with the back tire. And you would tell him the stories. And I feel like their stories were so vivid. I thought I was there. Oh, I got glory days. I, I still got pictures. Um, but uh, yeah, I won a few trophies. Uh, I won second place in, in this Ivy per- League uh, Flat Track Association for quads for the year. I took second place two years in a row. The two years that and I is an, is there an age category? No, it's no. unlimited. So was the quad category. It was unlimited. Bring whatever you can. No age limit, no inage limit. Nope. And I was going against guys that, you know, had 20K worth of mm-hmm. hop-ups on a but you ten thousand dollar quad. But you knew the course, you knew how Well it take, was it was flat track racing. What does it come down to? 
comes down to technique and getting the power to the ground, mm -hmm. you know, just like any other racing. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, I had some fun. I mean, I, I had a stock Can-Am DS450 racing against guys that had, you know, KTMs and all raced out with all kinds of gear put on their stuff. And then somehow or another, I uh, got my Can-Am to go across the finish line first quite a few times. Yeah, that's crazy. I even got Jeb. Jeb McManners mm -hmm. uh, involved in it, and me and him raced together for a couple of years. Yeah, Damn. it was fun. What happened? Why would you stop? Just uh, Grandpa got sick. Okay, had to stop. Uh, Those I, are some. I good went years, through uh, uh, going through a divorce. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That that put a big stop on it. I mean, because it costs mm -hmm. a little bit of money to go out and play. Oh yeah, it does. You know, uh, and then when you wreck. Like, uh, that was, what I was getting to, did you wreck? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. I got a YouTube video. You can look it up. Oh, uh, how will we look it up on YouTube? What are we looking for? If people want to look quad racing at Del Mar quad racing out Del Mar. What's the page? That's the page. Yeah. And you'll actually pull it up on YouTube. If you Google search it and you'll see my yellow, Sammy Can -Am. yeah, you'll see my yellow Can-Am upside down. Uh, I got struck coming out of the second turn. And basically, we hit tires, and I went up and over. It bent my rear axle, my front steering arm, my steering neck where the handlebars connect, and uh, dislocated my left thumb. So, all you got is dislocated your left thumb. Uh huh. Holy shit! Lost so a couple teeth racing too. Were you scared? <laughs> Uh, when it happened or when you're done you're like oh fuck dude. it happens so quick you just react mm -hmm. you know you try and pull off the cat move mm -hmm. <laughs> and land on your well, hands i used to i used to have a gsxr 600 suzuki mm -hmm. um know the bike well terry had one too mm -hmm. uh but yeah i went through my phase of, of racing going in the canyons and dropping that that knee looking through the turn and I've seen people wipe out in front of me, and there was times where I would I would drink and ride and take the bike to the max. I think the fastest I ever went was like 165. Uh, waking up the next morning, like, what was I doing? What was I thinking? Uh, you know, trying to throw wheelies up and down the street, doing stoppies. And I got there in the moment, and the thing that got me off the bike was uh, I was coming home from school. Mm -hmm. uh, I was at Cal State Fullerton at the time and I was riding my I had just gotten out of class it was like one class in the morning so I was done by like 10 I was hanging out the night before with my friend so I was a little foggy and I was like I'm going my house is down the street or no no so I was hungry right yeah. got home late and then I hang out with your friends you go to school you wake up you're hungry get out of class so I went to El Camino Real right there off of uh, Commonwealth Mm -hmm. and Euclid, and I got me a breakfast burrito. I was going to go home, you know, hang out, eat my burrito, and chill. So I get to my bike, got my helmet, got my gloves, got carbon fiber over the knuckles and everything to protect you. My hat, you know, I wear my jacket, of course, and I was like, I'm, I was just going to throw the helmet on and just go, right? Put my burrito in the compartment and just go. And then something told me, says, no, man, safety first. No matter how close or how far, always prepare for the worst. So I put those gloves on. Mm -hmm. Put those gloves on. 
you know, usually you drive without your helmet strap. Strap my helmet. Not me. <laughs> yeah. You, you know what I was told when I was young? When, when you purchase a helmet, mm -hmm. you pay for your helmet what you think your brains are worth. Mm. If you notice on my racing uh, pictures, I've got full gear on. Mm. I got a chest protector on. I got shoulder pads on it. It's all armored up all the way down my arm, all the way to my wrist. Mm -hmm. I'm wearing gloves, boots, thigh pads. <laughs> Even my butt had something on it. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I did all that like I usually do. I, I took that out of my mind and go because I was just in a hurry. I was going to go home, hurry up. And sure enough, as I pull out, I'm going down Euclid, going to make that ride on, on Commonwealth. There's a turning lane to turn right. I went to go in that turning lane, and this Asian lady, the passenger, opens her door. Now, think about how many times you're driving, folks. Think about how many times you're driving and how many people you notice open their doors. Not very many. Every once in a while, because I'm on the road all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm a, a, a driver, you know, package delivery driver. I'm on the road 10 hours a day. I get you. You know? And... How many? Tell me how many times you see. So the the passenger, the Asian lady, she opens the door. I go right. I'm I'm riding. I I I was able to react and move right, move towards the corner, the 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 curb. The left side of my bike hits her. Hits the she. So she see she gets out. She looks at me with her eyes open, and then she as she's trying to close it is when I hit her. I'm trying to move at the same time, right. So the whole left side hits the car. I jump off the bike. Now my bike's ghost riding. I jump off the bike like a cat. And the bike ghost rides because I'm at the brakes are already on. You know how it is. And it hits the curb. Uh, long story short, I end up getting super sore that night. You know, I, I was okay. Um, but if I didn't have <clears> those gloves on, those carbon fiber gloves over the knuckles, mm -hmm. they're bent in. I still have those gloves. They are bented in. And you know how much force you need because mm -hmm. my knuckles did hurt mm -hmm. it felt like like it, at, at, after the initial crash your adrenaline's rushing so you don't sure. feel anything yeah i'm good i'm good you know yeah i go to you know the cops come everything uh but when i got home an hour two hours later man i was like a fucking stiff board you know because your body had to react uh, but if i didn't have those gloves on i probably would have broke every fucking bone in this hand yeah they saved my life saved my save my hand uh is it for a reason? I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I had, but they told on my bike because the frame, the top frame was a dent in it. Yeah. And they said, we're, we're totaling your bike. And I never bought a bike after that. It, it wasn't that I didn't want to. Uh, it kind of just, I don't know, man. Just kind of blew You were over. also single riding, too. Yeah. Okay. When you go with somebody, you got somebody that you're kind of paired up with. Mm-hmm. It's a different kind of riding. Yeah. You know? Um, even when I go riding in the desert, never go by yourself. The first time I experienced that was I used to live in Utah. So I could go out my backyard, go across the main highway and never see anything but dirt for any direction I wanted to go. I could go to the mountains. I could go to the sand dunes. I could go down to like uh, down by the Grand Canyon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if I, you had enough fuel, you could get there, no problem. But uh, I probably was doing like 70 miles an hour when I came down a hill one time. 
<laughs> and I forgot about <laughs> the uh, the rainstorm we had a couple days earlier, and I hadn't been riding it. Same track. And I came down flying down that hill. And it's it's basically two big, long, sweeping hills. So I was maxed out because when you come through this little dip area, you kind of get a little jump off of it. And then it's just a long, flat straight because there was a turkey farm right there. Mm -hmm. So I was going to go down the turkey farm fence line. And then I lived way at the other end. And I lived way, way at the other end. So... I'm flying down this hill and I see there's kind of like a little ravine across the road because the water had washed it all away. Mm -hmm. So I turned the bike sideways one direction and turned it back the other way. <laughs> I straightened it back up and I, cause there's no way you could pull the front tire up cause it's a dip. Dip, Yeah. Yeah. So I hit that thing and it grabbed my front tire and flung me somersault. I landed on my back, feet first, and then slid for like 10 feet. And it knocked every bit of wind out of me. And I was staring at my house going, I'm going to suffocate right here. Yeah. I, I can't breathe. I can't get air back in my lungs. And I was 12 years old when that happened. But I've done crazy shit my whole life. You know, I I did downhill skateboard racing. Um what oh yeah <laughs> you, i've how, seen how you, how far like i'm still riding my skateboard at 53 bro so you're doing downhill through I know, I'm, I'm, national I'm, I'm, parks it, yeah <laughs> have, have you seen the videos of the dudes are doing like like 70 80 on the skateboard and my like fastest in? time my mom clocked me in her car we were doing i was doing 63 through snows canyon and doing the turns yeah. Well, what else? I mean, yeah. What's, <laughs> what else? <laughs> well, you're like, you tell you straight, you know, you're doing hills. That was back in the 80s. I didn't know you were that hard, hardcore, dude. Oh, yeah. Dude, I watch those videos all the time. They're insane. Yeah, we used to make our own gloves, man. We didn't have What kind gear. of skateboard were you using? How long was it? I had, I had a Christian Hasoy hammerhead and a Pal Peralta uh, bones mm -hmm. with the skeleton ripping out the bottom. Yeah. So how how was the length like a standard? I don't know too much about the skate. It's it's the old school boards, so they're a little bit longer and mm -hmm. a little bit wider than what the kids ride now. Mm -hmm. Ones they ride now are real kind of narrow. Mm -hmm. Um and they Send me a picture of it, a picture of the board. I want to okay. look at it. Yeah. They well, you uh, can, yeah. they have UHMW plastic that that we had for rails underneath the bottoms and uh you used to take those rails and cut them up in little pieces and then countersink holes in them and put little screws from the skateboards. Mm -hmm. And you would put it through the hole and then you could put your hand down on the concrete, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, turn around backwards and do all kinds How of How would stuff. you stop bringing the board? No? Just turn sideways. Turn sideways, yeah. Scrub off speed. I still got some of my original wheels that my brother found because my brother lives in our old house. Mm -hmm. And uh, he found some of my old skateboard wheels and literally the inside edge is coned in. So the outside oh, edge yeah, of the yeah, wheel, yeah. The, tie, the, the outside edge of the wheel is 
lot larger diameter than the inner edge of the inside. And that's from scrum, scrubbing off speed. How old were you when you were doing this? Uh, everywhere. Uh, let's see, 12 to 18. And this is in Utah? Yeah. Shit. I lived in southern Utah in a town called uh, St. George. Yeah, that's where one of my friends, his daughter goes to school over there. Yeah, so that was my stopping grounds, you know. I, I went to high school and junior high there. I it's still Pine. rural today. We went, we stopped by before we went to Zion. Somewhat, somewhat. It's gotten a lot it's, bigger. Yeah. A lot of people from here have moved there. A lot of Californians have moved to Utah. It's growing. Yeah. Yeah, it's still, to me, when I, I drove through, I stopped at St. George to, to uh, you know, load up before I got into Zion. I was going to be there for a few days, so. Yeah, it's only uh, it's, it's only still a half it still hour. looks new. I was like, it's like new developing area, but it is. Yeah, my brother lives there. What the population is right now? I don't even know. When I lived there, it was a small town. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew everybody. Is that where you grew up? I mean, that's where you were born. From, from no, no, from I, I was born in Fullerton. I was, I'm a local boy. I was born in Fullerton. Lived in Moina Park in Fullerton until I was seven, and then we moved to Huntington Beach when I was seven to 12. I went to uh, military school in Long Beach on Cherry Avenue in Signal Hill, Mm -hmm. Southern California Military Academy. I was there for four years. We lived in uh, Westminster, Huntington area, right by the Westminster Mall. And then my mom decided after she you know, got separated from my brother's dad, that she was going to move us up to Utah where we could get a better education. So she could start her life over. So we sold the house in Huntington and moved up there. And yeah, I split wood and, uh, you know, I did, did the rural thing. Yeah. How was that change? Oh, it was cool for me. Cause you know, it was, a playground I, I was not one of those kids that you know on a video game like the modern kids mm-hmm. are now uh i wanted to go out and do things mm-hmm. you know and my mom was the kind of person if uh she worked two jobs you know she worked her butt off she worked for the school district and my mom's been a licensed licensed cosmetologist since i was probably two so she's she does hair and nails and all that stuff. She still does. She's 74. She must be well-known down there, St. George. She still has St. Yeah, George. Yeah, her and my aunt are. Uh, my aunt had the largest beauty salon there in that area, the whole whole area there. Uh, it was a place called About Face. I'm going to tell you one thing that I liked about St. George when I was there. The people. Everyone talks. Yeah. Because they know you're out of town. They see, you know, they see me walk in, my kids, and my lady, and they see, you know, obviously, there's still not a lot of people there that look like me with tattoos and stuff like that. And Well, I go back every year, and I, I know a lot of the original people. They're nice people. Well, yeah. I Very mean, nice. I, I ran into my... Uh, a lot of Mormons. Yeah. Uh, my mom's Mormon. Okay. She was uh, married to my stepdad in the temple, and, you know, I grew up mm-hmm. in the Mormon religion. My tax guy is Mormon. Yeah. I Very grew, good people, man. I, Beautiful people. Yeah. Um, I 
I spent most of my my childhood in in the Mormon Church, so I know I know what it's like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I choose to follow a different path, mm-hmm. and that's okay. But, but me and my mom are totally cool with it. My mom's my best my bestie. Mm-hmm. You know, I can call my mom and talk to her any about anything. You know, mm-hmm. um, no, we're really close. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and my my brother are like best friends. You know, mm-hmm. when I go up there, I try and share my time between my mom and my brother. But mm-hmm. what's cool is they live a couple of blocks from each other. Mm-hmm. So it makes it kind of easy. Mm-hmm. And I, when my brother's at work, I spend time with my mom. And then when my brother gets out of work, we go shoot the shit and drink beers and go shoot guns and ride mm-hmm. quads. And, mm-hmm. and they're Mormon and then you're not. My brother isn't. Is any other? Okay. No. My brother's like me. Mm-hmm. Only a little crazier. A little crazier? Yeah. Oh, no. I don't yeah, want to meet you, this guy. You, you don't You don't <laughs> want to mess with my brother. <laughs> Who's older, you or him? Me. And you're, how old are you? Um, I'm 53. You're young, dude. Yeah, he's Yeah, you stuck for a bit. You're like, uh, you're, 50, you're young. I'm 40. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a young whippersnapper. Uh, you know, like a lot of the people from the neighborhood, the young, young family with the, with the Everyone's starting their families now, and, and mine's already well into it. You know? I, I got grandchildren now. Yeah. <laughs> I got two grandchildren, a boy and a girl, and my grandson's going to be 10. Yeah, 53 is an old. Two people that are 18 and 20 and 25 and even 30s, you know, well, it's, it's, you're not too far away. Trust me, those days go by quick. Oh, yeah, before you blink. You yeah, know? yeah. Have, have a couple of kids. That time goes real quick. I go super fast, man. <laughs> I got an 18 year old, and then I got a 12, and then an eight year old. So I, I get, I got every uh, aspect of, of having kids. And uh, let me tell you, man, it, it's it's a it's a full time job for uh, one parent. You know. Yeah. Uh, you know, they got two parents living in the household, so I can only imagine. Well, remember the neighborhood. I mean, I was kind of a, a parent. To all you guys yeah and uh you guys used to have fun at my house and mm-hmm. you know we we made sure that you guys had a safe area to have fun blow mm-hmm. off steam yeah. but it was cool and you know we just had another uh, a barbecue mm-hmm. at max house last night and which is my neighbor lives a couple doors down and uh you know the whole neighborhood was there and i was kind of surprised not to see you there at that at time, but I no I one invited you, me. Yeah, bro. I guess, no one guess you didn't hear about it. I'm not it. cool enough. Uh oh. So next time I'll make sure you get included. Well, it's all good, man. I love. I have love for the the neighborhood, man. Oh yeah. So uh, yeah, all you guys growing up, you, you know, I I kind of was a little bit of a father figure to you guys. You used to come over and have your problems, and I talked to you about it. Mm-hmm. You know, from my experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, went, I mean, that's how me and you became good friends because sure. I came with you with the problem. And I remember you took me to go get a massage. Well, you got to get the toxins out of you, man. Let's go. And I never got a massage. Yeah. And you took me to the foot massage where they do the foot massage and they, and they do your well, back. that's where and, all your nerve endings are. Yeah. Dude, you've took me you've took me a handful of times. I would call you. Hey, let's go. Let's yeah. go. And I'm all into massages now. I've, I've, I've researched it and read up on it. I mean, getting a massage is like so good for you, but you got to understand if you've never gotten one before, make sure to drink plenty of water, you know, oh, before it hurts. you go because yeah, it, it releases hurts. toxins. Well, not well, what it is is you 
get a lactic acid buildup build in your muscles. Much. And to get that out, that's what gets rid of the knots. You know, it's built up in there. And once you get it released, you feel so much better. You can sleep at night. I mean, hell, I'm a mechanic by, the, mm. by trade. Uh, I've been a pipe fitter, a welder, you know. Mm-hmm. I've always done hardcore jobs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I have suffer from back pain all the time. Mm-hmm. It's mostly muscular, not, you know, spinal mm-hmm. or anything. Yeah, I got two herniated discs under my L5, L6. Yeah. Uh, it's been, it was, a, it was, having back problems, it was bad for me. There was times I couldn't get out of bed for a week. And you don't want to race quads. Yeah. <laughs> I, there's a lot of things I can't do no more. I can't go and, and, and play basketball or flag football. I used to play golf twice a week, three times a week, uh, play basketball that same weekend. And my back went from, you know, sore the next day to, uh, sore for two days, three days, and you're working through the pain. You're still going to work. They call us industrial athletes as being a UPS or uh, yeah. driver. Oh, so yeah. So it, then it went from it just – then it would just snap, and then, like, my whole back, I would hear a pop in my back. That was the, the muscle fibers popping and releasing. Mm-hmm. Um, and my I couldn't get up for weeks. Yeah. And I had to go down this path of taking, taking pills and trying to get – and then I didn't know anything about, uh, you know uh, – inflammation and and once you start learning about these things of of inflammation and what causes inflammation it comes all the way down to your diet which i'm trying to get some guy he's a vegan trying to get him on the show Mm -hmm. Uh, but it comes down to your diet what you put in you you know obviously rest and water but when you're young in your 20s you know doctor says take these pills you'll feel better here's the muscle relax and you take them thinking okay i'll feel better when you know nothing about your nutrition how your body works uh, what type of chemicals cause these inflammations and it comes down to your diet what you put in you and uh i went through a phase too and, and, and it's I can, can i go play sport i could probably go play basketball i go shoot around mm-hmm. but if you think i'm gonna go out there and and touch the rim and do all these uh, i can't dude that's I, I had to tell myself okay that's when you got to find another hobby, hobby. and i found mm-hmm. golf and, and that was cool but i can still play golf once around but i can't go out and start hitting the ball you know, buckets of balls every day and, and getting in. I just, my body has its wear and tears now, dude. Yeah. And, you know, people, oh, you know, you making excuses. Like, no, I put myself through some shit. You ought to try archery. Yeah. That, that's what that's, I'm asking. I'm that, gonna it's going to be the same thing. You, you've got to have a lot of shoulder power. Mm. And then you tossing boxes all day long, that makes it a lot harder. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I know where you're coming from. Remember, I used to drive truck also. Yeah. Yeah, so you know, I what I do this now. Is the problems of getting old, huh? It, well, you pay for what you did, and I played pretty hard. I mean, you know, like I said, I've I've been down at sixty miles an hour on a skateboard and gotten tossed on my face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I've it it happens. You know, I like you. I used to knee drag. I, I had a crotch rocket and. Mm-hmm. My first bike was a, a Kawasaki AR80 Cafe mm-hmm. race bike. Um, a buddy of mine, his dad owned a Honda shop. Mm-hmm. Some exotic shit would come through there, and I'd get to ride it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the scariest bike I ever rode was uh, an RD400F Daytona Special. It was it was a straight race bike, and it's a two-stroke 400. 
man, you want to talk about a power band? I, it was hard for me to keep the front tire down <laughs> through all five gears. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool, man. That was a quick little bike. You're talking a two-stroke 400. I remember I had my uh, – it was a 600, my uh, Suzuki GSX-R. Uh, Terry had a 750, and someone had a 1,000. Yeah. And I was on the 1,000. And let me tell you, first gear in 60 miles an hour could have oh, yeah. gone could have gone to 100. Oh yeah, and still not have redlined it. Yeah, uh, I was remember riding that bike and I was so scared. I go, "It's the same bike, looks the same. It just says 1,000 instead of 600." And I told myself and in in, you know to myself in my head, I said, "Why would they make something like this? It's so dangerous." I always dude. wanted a GSXR 1100. Yeah, yeah. old school ones. Yeah. It looked like it reminded me of the uh, the old school Mustangs Fox bodies. Oh yeah, I uh, no, I love them. Those the Hyper Sports model, mm -hmm. you know, from the eighties. Mm -hmm. It's like uh, eighty six to eighty nine. Those are the the badass ones, you know, with the snorkel coming out of the top mm -hmm. of the mm -hmm. gas tank. Yeah, I had a couple of buddies that had those, and I did some work on their bikes. The old school GSXRs, right? Yeah. Yeah, the like Fox bikes. I had a buddy who put a, put some carburetors on his stuff, and we got a dime. You don't jet. see those anymore. What happened to all those? I want to go buy one. Oh, that's, that's it's just not just ride that's up my dream street. bike. If I was going to ever you can't get a find them. Bike. Yeah, yeah, no, those are great. We used to we used to go to Rosarito uh, during the summertime. My my lady's family, her her uh, Nino owned uh, built a house literally on the beach. Uh, down there, Rosarito, right at the end. Uh, but those freeways, they mm -hmm. going from Rosarito to TJ. There's a raceway, mm -hmm. and we'd get we'd be at back at the house at night, and I'd be sleeping in, in in the room, and it'd be so quiet over there. You can hear them racing. Sound like at least 200 bikes, 250. Yeah. And I was 18 at the time, just turned 18. My parents were allowing me to to leave the country, uh, and that's what got me in the bikes. Yo, I'd hear. And then somebody told me that what they did was a race. They would everyone put money in and they would have a race because you would hear them start the start to where they went. It would you can hear the whole thing. The way the race start, they're all revving their engines, and they hear. And I didn't even go to sleep. I just listened until until they're in the distance, and then I'll fall asleep. You you want to know what the craziest race is? Uh, the, the Isle, the Isle of Man, the Isle Man. I yeah, T I have the video saved on my phone. Oh yeah. Whenever I want to get an adrenaline rush, I put it on. It's oh, yeah. it's fa it's favorites on my YouTube. Oh yeah. The Isle of Man, dude. That's da -da, that da -da. is the deadliest race there is on a bike. And I dreamed about doing that race a long time ago. I still watch the video, I, man. I wouldn't want to try that if. I was on my best. 200 miles an hour. Those guys are on another level. Dude, they're driving. Those, they're riding those bikes that fast and not knowing yeah, a you split second. There's no coming back because the streets are very narrow, number one. And number two, it... It's cobblestone lines, so they're mm -hmm. rocks built into a wall. See, this is where I need a TV screen, and then mm -hmm. I can have somebody put that up for me. Oh, yes. This is that time, right? The now. Isle of Man TT race is the scariest bike race. If you want to look at something that's really super scary, look up some of that footage. Yeah, Isle of Man. 
T-T. I-S-L-E or something yeah. like that? The Isle of Man. Yeah. Motorcycle racing. Just type that in. Yeah. All together. And yeah, I have it saved. I, I watch it. I'll, sometimes I'll send it to my friend. He'll send it back to me. And these guys are to the max. Oh, yeah. The best riders in the world. And some of them lose their lives mm-hmm. doing just that. And they're all in the pursuit. I dreamed of doing that. I was like, I want to do that one of these days. Well, see, they don't line them all up at one No, run. yeah, yeah. You, they're staged out in times. And guys will actually catch up to other guys and lap them on that race because it's all the way around the whole island. What is it? Two, how many miles is it around? It's like 27 miles around, yeah. that, around that island. And they take quite a few laps around there. There's there's quite a few guys on the on the track, and those dudes they are draft legendary. each other at over two hundred miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. And then they'll pull out from behind each other and just get going. Oh. And just see them pull away, you know, because he just has. If you see the rider's perspective of that. It's literally a small tunnel as they go through the trees down that cobblestone road. Once you're going that fast, it's like yeah. a tunnel. Oh, well, that's what, everything's that's what life does. It slows down. The faster you go, the more it slows down and puts you in slow motion. That's why your, your brain does that to you. That's why when you get in a traumatic accident or something, it seems like it's in slow motion. It seems like you have plenty of time to do and. Well, that's, you know, it's, it's like the Matrix thing, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, when you have severe accidents, it takes a while for your body to come down and hit, mm-hmm. you know? Like I said, I've been like riding dirt bikes and all that stuff. And, and every time you, it's like slow motion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like when you fight, you know, you get in that little tunnel mode. I know. I remember when I, when I hit that car where she opened the door and I jumped out. I can still picture it in my mind. Mm-hmm. And it was it was slow motion when it happened. It was. I've went through the back window of a vehicle before too. What? Oh yeah. I I like I said I I never had a car until I was twenty five. I rode bikes, man. That's all I had. When I came to California, when I, the day after I graduated, I had a bike. I've always had a bike. But then somehow it wasn't cool to have a bike back then. And now it's you're only cool if you have a bike now. And it's like, you know, I, I don't feel like playing Russian roulette with my life every day because there's too many people that just don't pay attention on the road. Mm-hmm. And then the guys that ride now, they don't ride crazy away from people. They ride crazy around people. I was taught, you know, you respect the road and ride cool when you're around cars. Mm-hmm. But once you're cleaning clear air, open it up. Do what you want to do. I mean, I ain't trying to pull wheelies at 70 miles an hour on the freeway and do stunting and things, but. I've hoisted a tire at over a hundred, and that's not, not something that's too fun. You know, you pop a gear and you're going flat out on a big bike. That front tire will float, especially when you're going through a turn. It's not a good thing, not not unless you know what you're doing. Because remember, St. George, 
is between Arizona and Nevada. It's a tri-state corner. Mm-hmm. That's 27 turns going through that gorge. That was my playground. <laughs> Where the rocks are and everything? Yeah, when you yeah, go the through that gorge. Yeah, the two-lane road? Or is yeah. it, it's two-lane or one zone? That was, and, but they're on opposite sides. Yeah, so it's four total lanes, but that's not very wide when you're doing over 100 miles an hour. On a skateboard? No, on a bike. Did you do skateboard on that too? No, because no. it's never it's clean and clear enough. I mean, we used to go through the national parks. National parks. But so you went through... Uh, that road on the motorcycle all the time man that was my playground shit all the way down or all the way up how many miles uh i think it's like 15 miles yeah 15 20 it, miles yeah it takes you about an hour to get through there no it takes in a regular it takes car 15 it takes 25 minutes to go from the bottom to the top and from the top to the bottom because it's uh st george is only two hours outside vegas mm-hmm it's an hour and 45 minutes, two hours. Depend, yeah, about two. Depending on how heavy your foot is. Yeah. I travel at 80 and 90 tra- typically, so. I'll do, yeah, I was doing 80 on the way up there. And I want to do 90. guess it doesn't make a difference, though. When uh, I'm comfortable with 80. You know. But when I go through the gorge, I, you In know. In a bike, you could probably do, I mean, when you're going through the gorge, you have to slow it down. Oh, yeah. How fast would you go through in the gorge? Uh, I generally do about 75. 70 but then again i know that road i've driven it thousands of times mm-hmm. literally thousands of times yeah when you first do it you're like cautious and like that's how i was when i was going through the gorge oh yeah just like going up a, a mountain and big bear no i know every gotta... i know i know every turn every stair step where the water goes underneath because you got the virgin river runs through there so those bridges that you go over on that on that highway they're not flat when you come up to one of those if you're if you're into a turn and you're leaned down and you're too high of a speed Mm -hmm. and you hit that bump that little step up it's just a little fraction too guess where it puts you right next to the right guide right next to the right guardrail i watched my friend do it I tried telling him, slow down. I put my hand down, you know, gave him the hand signal to mm-hmm. pull off the power. Slow down with me. He kept the wood on. He went around. I had a buddy of mine. We were in uh, Cook's look- Creek. Is that what it's called? <laughs> yep. And we were coming up to, to We were going 100. We are going, you know, and... It got to a, a turn where you got you got to slow down. And mm-hmm. my buddy had just bought his bike. He had already crashed it the a first day. A lot of people crack, crashed. The first day he got it, he was trying to practice in front of his house. He dropped his bike. It was already scratched. So we're coming to a turn, and we're going going 100. He's in the back. He's doing you know 70. He's trying to. I don't know. He got brave or he wasn't paying attention. But we all slowed down. I, I waved him to slow down. Same thing. And he went past us. You know, like. I don't know if he thought we were, I don't know what he was thinking. And it was a turn. That's what we slowed. And he low-sided and his bike, on. he almost went off the cliff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've had a He ended up selling friends. his bike after that. I've had a couple of friends lose their lives on bikes doing crazy shit like that. Yeah. I, like I said, I, I grew up in a rural area where you could hoist the front tire and carry it for miles. <laughs> miles. You know? There's nobody there to stop you at 
2 a.m. in the morning, you know, running through the night, full-blown wheelie, there's nobody there. You don't have to worry about traffic or anything. So, yeah, we used to go through the gorge all the time and ride that. Me and a couple of buddies. They were all riding, you know, Jixers and Yeah, I was going through it. I was like, yeah, it'd be nice to come through with the Mustang or, you know, be on a bike. But it's dangerous, man. Oh, yeah. All the pebbles and stuff falling off the side of the That's the why rocks. I prefer to play a little crazier on the track, you know. Mm-hmm. Where I got the bug was, is, you know, going to the monster trucks every year. They yeah. always had that quad racing. Whoa. They're sold out. Whoa. Oh, they always had the quad racing and stuff, you know, in the mm. in the intermission time. And I'd see those guys in the, the Northern California and Southern California battle. I'm always thinking, God, mm. I could kill half those guys on those quads, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And then when I had the opportunity to, to do some racing, I jumped on it. You know, I had just gotten a, separated from, you mm-hmm. know, Lori and mm-hmm. I got into the racing and just threw myself into it for, you know, at that point you're a little reckless, <laughs> you know, the kids are grown up. I'm, I'm separating for the ex after mm-hmm. so many, so many years together. And then now I'm going to go do some racing, something I always wanted to do, mm-hmm. try to get them involved in it. They didn't even want to come watch me race. So I was like, whatever. And I, I had fun doing it. Mm-hmm. It was great times. I, I built some lifelong friends in that racing scene. I'm still friends with them all. How's everything going with the COVID? Everything shut down, huh? No, not no? on my job. It's been blown wide open. I never stopped. No, I know I know COVID. your job, but the, the, the circuit scene, the racing scene. Uh, I think that pretty much stopped. Yeah, everything. Because you can't even have venues where people can watch. So, how many people would come out and watch you, uh, like the crowd in general? Hundreds, actually. Um, Do you ever sign any autographs? No, I mean that would have been cool, huh? I I, I was. I'll a, take your autograph, I, bro. I, I've been in a couple magazines. Yeah, I've been featured a couple. In times. magazines? Yeah. SNS Sandsports. Really? Yeah. That's I, cool, I dude. I still got a couple issues that I'm in. Yeah. I could show them to you. Yeah. I definitely would want to see it, man. I got, I got trophies on the wall. Yeah. Dang, man. You remember Monty, right? From yeah. From the neighborhood? Mm-hmm. He's the one that got me into the flat track racing because I was, basically, I was his pit mechanic for two years. What's the difference between a flat track and dirt? A flat track is a balancing act on a dirt bike generally they take a you take a dirt bike and they put street tires on it and it's on like a sandy soil and it's got a certain moisture content okay so it's not blacktop no it's all dirt but after you've had you know 50 riders go on it it develops a, a blue groove line just like any other dirt racing sport you know Mm -hmm. so there's a layer of rubber that sticks to the dirt and it becomes grippy there and yeah you got enough power you've probably seen the 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 bikes down at uh costa mesa where it looks like a bicycle front wheel and it's just a motor and they you know front tire comes up real easy Mm -hmm. you know that's 
different. That's speedway, and this is flat track. Flat track is basically a balancing act as you go through that turn. You're not laying the bike down like speedway. You're going through and you've got one hot shoe, which is a metal plate on the bottom of your foot. Mm-hmm. And you're putting your foot all the way forward and extending it in front of the bike out by where the front uh, front fork is. Mm-hmm. And that's your balancing foot. And you're basically turned completely sideways, locked out, going back and forth like this so that you can balance that swing of the ass into the tire because you're constantly trying to propel forward so you've got a same thing with quad racing i mean if you see some of my photos there um yeah i've got my quad completely sideways going through the turn because that's the only way to get through the turn yeah you could put around through it but the only way to go and carry your speed is to actually pitch out and counter steer so you're actually steering right to go left <laughs> it's different so you're sliding in a power slide no i'm thinking about it when you're telling me you're describing it to me yeah i get it yeah just like drifting in a car correct so you're drifting on dirt with either a bike or a quad some guys ride a three-wheeler you know it's, it's about balance and speed you know you know how correct. fast you can come in at this turn and, and, and get it to the Mac before you're, you're, you're on the borderline of uh, flipping over. Yeah. But with a quad, it's more counterbalanced than anything because mm-hmm. you've got a pretty heavy object object. Yeah. And you've got to throw your body completely over the other side of the bike. You're basically hooking your calf on the seat and leaning the rest of your body off over the dirt to counterbalance that inertia wanting to roll you over. And you're doing what seventy? Uh, doing like 40, 40 45. At the turn? That's yeah, still fast. into the turn. Yeah, and it's real sandy soil. So if you, you could go faster, but you'll end up off the track because mm-hmm. you just won't get any grip. You'll just slide right out. You won't have any forward momentum. Damn. But so what? So what's next for you, man? You got any plans? Um, no, not really. I just play around with my hobbies you know and i go shooting and play with my archery and try and go to a concert again there you go <laughs> you single yes ladies if you want to uh go with him to a concert when everything opens up you can hit sammy up at where can the the single ladies get a hold of you at uh i have a facebook um i'm on facebook dating um sammy barola I'm just trying to find somebody who's, you know, likes the same things I do, have mm-hmm. a little bit of fun. I like to go to the beach and ride my my mountain mm-hmm. bike down there. And what you're around. saying is I don't spend time in the house. I need to sleep. No, I'm either at work or I'm at home. I, I'm, I'm not the bar fly kind of guy. I'm the guy who likes to go out and be outdoors. Fun. Yeah. You know, I've probably been to 200 concerts in the last four years. Sheesh. What type of Before music COVID, you like listening to? Metal and country, I, I rap. I like <laughs> it all. Honestly, I do. No, I know. I know you do. I was playing rap. You were bouncing your head. Uh-huh. Uh, 
once again, Sammy, thank you for so much, so much for coming on the show, man. Um, it's an honor to have you on. It's been a year. The podcast is still growing. Yeah, uh, we're doing good. I'm glad you're doing good. Uh, you've always been someone that's been there for me. It's it's got really good advice to give people, man. You you're, you're you're open hearted and you don't judge people. You don't look down on people, man. You, you, you encourage people. You're just like me. Uh, you know, that's just here, man. Let's have a good time and look at man. And things happen in life, man, but we keep moving forward. I deal with people all day long. I, <laughs> you know, I, I'm a uh, RV mechanic mm -hmm. and I have to explain to customers how to use the thing, how to work on it. You know what I had to do to fix it so that, they know what to look for because mm -hmm. they probably didn't utilize it right. So yeah, I have I have big company. Uh, He's also a handyman with... too, folks. So <laughs> if you want to look him up, uh, Sammy Barola, you could look him up on Facebook. Uh, I'm on Instagram. He's on Instagram. Type in Sammy Barola. Uh, yeah, you'll find me that way, or it's Sam the Bandit. Sam the Band. Sam underscore Bandit. Yeah, or... I believe so. Yeah. yeah so. Once again, man, you're, you're, thank you for coming on the show, man. You're always welcome. Uh, you're part of the Raider and the Saint podcast, man, and I'm excited to see uh, next year, man. This is Memorial Weekend. Let's make it a tradition. Sure. I want you to come on every Memorial Weekend. Um, you know, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. No problem. Once again, I want to thank all my listeners that tune in from around the world. Thank you so much for tuning in. I love you guys. Thank you for all my friends, family, supporters. Uh, co-workers that tune into this podcast every podcast is going to be like a bat ba uh, bag of skittles uh, you don't know what you're going to get so once again thank you guys i love you guys i will see you next week all right peace bye